But, you know, we've been talking about I believe, and, and this, you know, we went back, we talked about Jesus is the answer and God is faithful. We talked about nothing is impossible with God. Last week we said that I believe in the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus, and that God is love, 1 John 4, 8, that he, that, that he, he loves you, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And even in your mess, Romans 5, 8, it said even in our sin, even though we were jacked up and messed up, he, he, even though we hadn't even done it yet, but we're about to do it, it said God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, I think that was important for us because we had to realize that we got a bunch of people in our lives that we need to turn that same love toward. A lot like what Pastor Pam was sharing maybe here at the offering is that opportunity to give. We're accepted into his family, it says in Ephesians in chapter 1. In Romans 8, 16, it says we're adopted into his household as heirs, not just children, but heirs. And I paid for it with my daughter's second service when I said that sometimes it's difficult that when you adopt somebody into your house to maybe you want to let you, you went out and chose them, picked them and brought them in and you would have to just fight not to love them maybe more than your own. And I paid for that for my daughter all week. It was a rough week. Every time I would talk to her, she said, maybe you should love your adopted child. I said, no, I'm just, you got to understand the whole thing. This isn't working out so well. That one takes things really personally. So it was just the idea that, you know, Jesus is, is his son. That's God's son. And, and, and he gave him for us. And then he adopts us into his household. And, and how much would you, you know, love that one who you bring into your house? And, you know, he forgives us of our sin, First John 1, 9 says he separates us from us as far as the east is from the west in Psalm 103. We're supposed to be just like him, it says in 1 John 2, 6, that if we say that we're his, then we ought to walk just as he walked. And that word ought means that it's possible for us, that we can do it. But we have to make the decision. We have to decide that that's what we're going to do and that's how we're going to do it. John 14, 12, you know, as you go there, it says it was Jesus speaking to the disciples and he said, greater works than these you will do. Greater works. You'll do these works that I do, but then you'll do greater works as well. And here's the idea, and here's the key to all of these things, I guess all the things that we've talked about thus far, but especially in living the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus with everybody that you meet, helping them know Jesus, find Jesus, love him, and know him more. I mean, as we do that as a church, as we do that as individuals, it, it has to be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so today, as we begin the next part of what we're going to talk about over the next two weeks, the, the title is, I Believe in the Power of the Holy Spirit. You know, this is a church that's always believed in that. The Holy Spirit, you know, is, is a part of the Trinity. You know, it's three parts. It's, it's God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and He is part of that Trinity, and they are one, and they are the same, but they all act and, and, and move and do and have positions and hold titles, just like many times, you know, you look at our government, there's executive, judicial, and legislative. I mean, they, they are the government, they are the ones who make all the decisions, and they're the ones who enact the laws and do those kind of things, but each one has purpose in the role in which they're called. You know, and, and what God began to show me and what he began, because I thought, well, this could be like a 19-week message. If we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, this could go on until December, and then we could just roll into 2012. But, but he really, he was specific and gave me, gave me four things. He creates, he brings life, he reveals, speaks, and he empowers. Reveals, speaks, and imparts is one thing, and then he empowers the believer. This week we focus on the first two, the fact that God, that God has sent the Holy Spirit to create in this world. Not just in the world in which we live, but in you, the believer, he has sent the Holy Spirit to create. And the Holy Spirit brings life. Always, always brings life. We're a charismatic church that believes in the power of the Holy Spirit. Always have been, always will be. And if that, that makes you a little nervous today, just keep praying. 
Just keep trusting God, and I believe that he'll make the revelation, and he'll make the truth in your heart. The doors are locked. You can't leave till it's over anyway, so it's going to be all right. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues in this church. I believe truly, personally, that you can exist as a believer and fulfill the things that God has for you if you don't have that operating in your life. Many people are at odds with themselves and they're concerned and confused about the things that are going on and, and they seem like they're always getting beat up and run around and getting their tail whooped and then you begin to talk to them and you ask them about the power of the Holy Spirit. You ask them about speaking in tongues and they're like, yeah, I don't know that that's for me. Well, there's a reason you get your tail whipped and you're confused and you're all at odds and you're not sure what's going on in your life. And I'm not saying today that that's what you're here for and that's what, you know, but I want to tell you today that if you're open to that, God will, God will fill you with the Holy Spirit, with the power of speaking in tongues. That's the evidence of that infilling of the Holy Spirit. Not just what the Holy Spirit does at salvation. See, not just, not just turning the lights on on the inside of you. This is, this is different. This is the infilling like you see in Acts. See, when they were gathered together in one room, that gave Peter the unction to just jump up and then begin to preach and begin to speak. We'll talk about that empowering of the believer next week. We believe that every believer has the opportunity to live with the evidence, to live with the manifestation of the infilling of, of the Holy Spirit. But we also believe that it's up to every believer to ask God and to receive that gift. That I can't make you do that. I can't make you want that. I mean, I can't, I can't make it happen for you. That I had to make it happen for me just as you had to make it happen for you. I was a young person in a basketball meeting with all of these older kids, and I was brand new, and I've shared this story lately, but, you know, I was just a freshman, and I was there with all these older kids. I didn't know much. I was saved, and Pastor Pam and Bill were at, at Victory, and they were learning things. Pastor Bill was in VBI, and, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm picking stuff up as I go. I'm in Christian school, but these people are different. I mean, they're just a little, they're a little different than what, I, what I'm used to. And especially in that particular setting, you begin to feel the power of the Holy Spirit. And I, I didn't have that operating in my life, and I didn't know what to do. But I knew that I was at a loss without that. That if I didn't open up my, if I didn't figure out a way, if they didn't teach me the one, two, threes, man, I, was, I, I needed that. So as we prayed and held hands, and I, I just, I said, oh, God, I, I don't know what this is, but I need what they got going on. And as soon as we said amen, I went over, and like it was, it was time to talk and have a good time. And I went over and grabbed the oldest kid that I saw, the oldest one that I knew and the one I respected the most. And I said, Sammy, 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 man, I need the Holy Spirit. And Sam said, amen, let's go get coach. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like the good leader that he was, he led me to the next guy, you know, I don't care who you take me to. I don't care if it's in the garage. I just take me wherever I got to go because I got I got to have what that is. And in this church, you know, you may feel that you may you may you may feel that rumbling on the inside of you. You haven't had that happen in your life. You haven't asked God for that in your life. Be open to that. Be open to that. I've shared with many people and just said you just have to be open. Can you be open to what God's doing? Was it Lisa who was going around and singing in her car, or praying in her car, and she was doing her thing? Our aunt and as she was going along, she wasn't sure about the Holy Spirit. You know, she was okay about receiving Jesus into her life, but wasn't sure about the Holy Spirit and wasn't sure about speaking in tongues. And, but she said, you know what, I'm open. I'm open to, I mean, if that's what God has for me, then I'm open to that. And as she was in her car one day driving along and she was just singing to whatever that song was, she realized that she was praying in the Spirit. Didn't even know when, how, and what happened, but all in all, she heard that she, was, she wasn't singing that way anymore in her natural language in English. She was, she was praying in the Spirit as she was going. God will fill you and he will take care of you. We believe in the power of the gifts of the Spirit. Three, right? Three different sets, nine gifts of the Spirit. Three power gifts, healings, the workings of miracles and faith. Three revelation gifts, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. 
Don't forget about the other three, the oratory or the inspirational gifts, which is tongue, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. We believe that those nine gifts are given to the body of Christ, not just to the fivefold ministry, to each and every one of us to operate in those as it says in the word of God, God sees fit as the will, as he would will them to be manifest in those opportunities. That's that time when you're sitting with somebody and you begin to talk to them and you begin to read their mail and you're telling them things that have happened in their life and they don't have any idea. And all of a sudden they like start tearing up and you're like, what happened? You may not even know that you just operated in that gift. We believe that. We believe that it's true. We believe that's for us. We have VBI courses that teach the gifts of the Spirit, teach the fruit of the Spirit, determining divine direction, how to hear from God and how the Holy Spirit speaks to you and through you. So if you're not sure about any of this, hook up in those three classes. Call the office, email us, do whatever you got to do. Check with Sandy or Chris, you know, get that taken care of. Get those classes. Find out what God is speaking to you about the subject. Lester Summerall's book is one of the ones that we use, The Holy Spirit and the Gifts of the Spirit. It's a great book. It's a small one. It's, you know, it's thick. It's, it's Lester Summerall. But there's not anybody who goes out there and who can operate in the gifts of the Spirit and who sees God do great things like Lester Summerall did. He understood who he was. He understood what was going on. He understood the power of the Holy Spirit. And he wanted to live his life like God wanted him to live. He was not scared of the devil. He was not afraid of what was going on. He understood that he had the power, the dominion, and all the authority that the Holy Spirit dwell on the inside of him and that there was nothing that could come against him because he's an overcomer and he just began to live his life that way, open to God, and God began to use him and use him and use him and use him. And that's the same thing for each one of us. There's not been more divisive tool in the history since Pentecost for the church. The devil's used, used tongues, used Holy Spirit as, as, a, as a wedge and as a division. We can all be, you know, you know, we all think maybe a little bit different. We all have a little bit of different maybe theology than one church to the next. But the Holy Spirit is the hot button issue. You know, I mean, that, that, that's the issue that makes people like, that, that's the thing that really begins to, to make a divine. I, is, is tongues for today? Is, is that supposed to be a Pentecost? Is, is it for every believer? Is it, I mean, all of those, all those are questions and things. And if you have those questions, pray, ask God. I'm not going to tell you what to believe, but I will tell you what I believe. <laughs> that tongues is for today and that tongues is for every believer. And that we are all to operate with the power of the Holy Spirit operating on the inside of our lives. That's just the way that it is. That's the truth. I'm telling you, that, that's, that's the way that it's going to be in this church. And I believe that each one of you as part of this church be in agreement with that. We need to walk in unity. We need to walk in unity in the, in the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's the way I see it. That's the way Pastors Pam and Bill have seen it. That's who we are and what we do. Thank God. Because without the power of the Holy Spirit, man, you're just throwing the word at people. And the word works. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, the word is true, but, but you're, you're living at two different levels. See, without the power of the Holy Spirit, how do you know what's going to go on in the future? How, without the power of the Holy Spirit operating in your life, how do you know what this person needs? Or how, how do you know what God's leading you to do and what he's, what he's speaking to you? And we said, man, if you could just write down the thing that God is speaking to you, if you know the thing that God is showing you, then that is the thing that you begin to believe and you begin to speak and you begin to act on. You begin to do those things and the power of the Holy Spirit is the thing that creates that happening in the world. So you speak those things into existence. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit that does that. So if you don't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, you might just stop talking. I mean, you, you saying all that, so I mean, where's where it going to go? If you don't believe, see, so you're actually saying, I don't believe in all that. I want all of this, but I don't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit operating in my life and creating those things, bringing life, imparting, revealing, empowering. I, I don't believe in any of those things. Well, then what, what are we doing? We're just walking around, we're just talking about this. That's all right, and I'm sure you'll, you'll just mosey on through and you'll be, have your ups and downs and, you know, you believe in Jesus, so you're saved and you'll go to be with heaven. But if you want to live the abundant life, see, if you want to live the life that's above, 
If you want to be the person that's the head and not the tail, and you want to be above and not beneath, then you need to understand what the Holy Spirit's all about. Open yourselves up to him and allow him to change you in some new way. Because he will. He leads, he guides, he directs, he empowers you in your life. Without the power of the Holy Spirit operating in your life, you can do good, but you will never truly and completely fulfill the call of God in your life because at some level you will eventually have to rely on yourself and not God. See, without the power of the Holy Spirit operating in your life, you can do good, but you'll never truly and fully, I believe, complete the call of God in your life because at some level, if you don't believe in that and you don't receive that, then you'll rely on yourself somewhere along the way and not God. And this isn't a talk, this is an encouraging message. This is a message that says, if you're not here, come up to here. See, man, I was in that place. I was sitting around thinking, oh, I don't know. I, you know what? I got up the next day and we were going to Kansas City after that happened, you know, in, in Hallbrook's spare bedroom. You know, he began to pray for me and, and I began to open up my arms, man, and my heart and I began to pray in the spirit. And I, man, I, I, didn't, I didn't know what was going on, but we, we left the next morning and we went from, from Tulsa to Kansas City on a basketball trip and I was in the big bus, you know, and I was just sitting there with my earphones on listening. You could, I was listening to the cars. You know, and uh, I was just listening to that. It's good spiritual music. But anyway, I, I prayed in the Spirit like the whole way because I thought, man, I don't want this to stop. And maybe if I stop doing it, it won't come back anymore. So I just, I, I just like prayed like the whole time. And then I would stop, and then I'd pray again. It's like, okay, all right, I'm starting to get it. Now, I didn't have a clue as to what I was doing. I didn't really have a clue as to what it meant. I didn't know, you know, but I, but I knew I needed that, and I knew there was something about it. See, it says in the Word of God that you begin to edify yourself, begin to build yourself up in your most holy faith as you begin to pray in the Spirit. And so all of a sudden, man, I'm just, I'm just a 15-year-old kid, you know, and I'm just, I'm just on the bus, man, listening to the, <laughs> to the cars, whatever. But I was, and I was just praying in the Spirit because it was the neatest thing that, that I had ever experienced in my life. And, I, and you know, I mean, it would be the same thing for you in your life, and I'm sure it is. The Holy Spirit is a gift that's given by God. If you look in Luke chapter 11, verse 13, it's a gift given by God, and it cannot be earned by works. It says, if then, you know, this is a story we talk about all the time in Matthew, but it, or in, in John, but it says, if, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That it's an asking. That's all it is. The Holy Spirit has always been present. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. If you look in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it goes all the way back to creation. And as you look, and here's the thing that we have to begin to realize, if you understand the jobs, if you understand what the Holy Spirit is about, what the Holy Spirit is to do in this earth and in you and for you, then it begins to change your thinking. See, you begin to understand not just the weapon that you have in the, in the, in the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, but you begin to understand the creative force. When we say speak those things that don't exist as though they do, you've got to understand the thing that you're doing isn't just so that you feel better about your situation. What you're doing is you're putting the Holy Spirit to work in your situation. And if you look back here, it says in, in, verse, in verse 2, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. Now, not just floating like a cloud, but hovering in this, I believe, ever-existing movement that just waiting for God to say the word, waiting for God to make the move. And as soon as God began to make the move and speak the word, the Holy Spirit is the executor of the things that God says. He's the executive arm of the Trinity. And as he began to speak, and as he began to, is this exciting or what? As he began to do those things, see, he began to speak those things. It says, let there be light. And there was light. Well, how did that happen? It wasn't just because God said that there was light, because the Holy Spirit made light. It wasn't there before, but now it is. 
and he separated the light and the darkness, and then he made the earth, and then he made the animals, and then he made all those things. And who did all that? Well, God spoke those things into existence, but the Holy Spirit is the creative power of God that makes those things happen as God speaks his word. That's why it's so important to understand that as God spoke, he didn't see those things being at the moment, but he knew they were going to be. Why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit took care of those things. So we as believers, you may be saying, I don't want to speak that stuff. That's silly. You are actually speaking things that do not exist into existence by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the force, the creative force that makes those things happen in your life. There's no way you should come out of here and think, well, I don't want to say that about myself anymore. I'm saying all kinds of stuff. God, if it's for you, let me fly. I mean, I mean, no, I don't want to be crazy, but I'm like, whatever, man, I want to, I want to say, I want to say all of those things. There's more than enough to meet the needs for all. There's more than enough to meet the needs for these trips and for these, for these opportunities. And there's more than enough for you in your life and in your household. There's more than enough. See, there, there, there's, there's everywhere that you go. You're speaking life and health and all these things into people's lives. Now, today we focus maybe as far as the creative and the life part on us. But next week, see, we begin to talk about the fact that he, that he imparts to us, that he reveals to us, and that he, that he empowers us. Why? To go outside of ourselves. Like what Pastor... Sorry, I'm a little excited. We'll go back. God's good. The word execute means to carry out, to accomplish, or to perform, or do. See, he's the creative force. He's hanging on every word that God speaks and says. He's waiting to, to perform that. And see, it's not just about what happened in Genesis and what happened throughout the word. See, this is for you too. It's not, just, it's not just the fact. See, it says that the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of you. And so then now you have that opportunity to begin to speak that way. The creation you know, of the worlds was done from scratch. If you look in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, it says you have to believe that the worlds, see, they, they weren't there, but now they, but they were, and they were created from things that didn't even exist. It wasn't like he took some stuff that was sitting around in the, in the sandbox and he made the earth and did his thing. I mean, there was nothing. But see, out of nothing, God did something. The Holy Spirit took nothing and made it extraordinary. It's not just a big bang. It's not just a stuff. It's the Holy Spirit. And look how creative he was and look how well he put it all together. Look how well he made you. And we're all good looking, happy, fantastic people who operate at a cellular level. You know, I mean, all the things that are going on in your life. Romans 4, 17. As God spoke to Abraham, you got to look at this and you got you to understand this part of it because this is key. It says, it says that as he was speaking, see, God didn't have anything to swear on, but he swore to himself. He said, I, you're going to be the father of many nations, and that's what he spoke to Abraham. But if you read that scripture and you go back and you look at Romans in chapter 4 and 17, it, it's important because he goes to this point, and, and, and I, I think many times we, we feel like maybe we're neglecting the thing that doesn't exist. Like we're just like saying stuff that, that God, didn't, God didn't just say stuff. He understood that it wasn't there. He understood that Abraham couldn't have a baby. He understood that he, there was no way earthly, and he didn't look past that. He said, in, in the presence of him who he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. See, he knows that they don't exist. He knew that that was not a possibility, but he didn't care. He ignored that fact, and he spoke what the will of God was in that situation, that you will be the father of many nations. And then the Holy spirit's creative power comes into play why did it take all that time i don't know i don't care he had a baby and god did his work and the holy spirit made it happen that's all that matters right i didn't why why was it thir- i don't know why it was 30 years i mean that, you know we got a lot of stories and we preach a lot of things about that but don't stop speaking don't stop creating don't stop framing your world with the word 
If you begin to do that, you are cutting yourself short from the things that God has for you. That's why we say it's so important. See, all this begins to tie in all those things. Put the scriptures around. Make them personal. Put your name in it. Begin to speak the things that God's telling you. Write the vision. Why? So you can do this. See, so that you can be the person who does this. It's not just the pastor's job to do this. It says that we walk by faith and not by sight. Not the things that you see with your eyes, but the things that you see in the Spirit, the things that God tells you, the things that he wrote in his word, the things that he speaks to in your heart that you wrote down. Those are the things that we as believers begin to speak the creative force of God into existence. See, that's important. See, the Holy Spirit is important because he's the creator. He's the one who's taking all your words and he's making them be the things that God told you they'd be. He's the one that's taking the meditation of your heart. He's the one that's taking the words that you speak and your actions. And as you walk by faith and not by sight, as you go forward in the things, it's the Holy Spirit that begins to prepare the way and make this. See, he's the creative force of God. And all of a sudden, one day you were sick, but now you're healed and hey, But it was by the stripes of Jesus, but it's the creative power of the Holy Spirit that did it in your body. How'd it happen? I don't know, man, but God touched me. And I, I don't know what it was, but it was like energy that shot through my body. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believed and therefore we speak. It's important not just for God, but it's important for us. The Holy Spirit takes care of God's word and his will. But the Holy Spirit also is the creative force behind your words and God's will in your life. And you have to be the one who speaks those things into existence. It goes on and it says in verse 16, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You begin to look past. See, it's not that you're not looking. I mean, these things happen. They exist. It said that God saw the things, you know, in, in Abraham. He knew they did not exist, but he called them otherwise anyway. And so in your life, can you be like, not be God, but can you think like God? Can you speak like God? Can you act like God? God understands the creative force of the Holy Spirit. Do we understand the creative power that we have in the, in the Holy Spirit? The fact that we can speak those things into existence. Now listen, because it's not just the willingly stuff. It's not just the things that, you know, you ask, you speak, and you haven't received, and all those kind of crazy things. This is asking and speaking according to the Word of God and the will of God in your life. Because it's the word of God and the will of God that the Holy Spirit is the creative power and the creative force for. And in your life, then it has to line up with the word of God and it has to line up with the will of God for your life. It's true. Look at Mark in chapter 11. Sorry, I'm speaking a little faster today. I was going to do all four today. Finally, God said, hey, hey, pal. It's getting a little bit much. You're boring me. I said, okay. We'll go back. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. And if you look in 1 John, go to 1 John in chapter 5. Sorry, I'm moving a little quickly. But in 1 John chapter 5, it says that we need to ask. It says, according to what? His will for our life. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And then we know that he hears us. Whatever we ask, we know that we also have the petitions that we have asked for. Why? Because it's what God said, and it's his will for our life. You're speaking it forth out of your mouth, and the Holy Spirit's job is to go out then and to begin to create that thing, begin to bring that thing into existence in your life. You have to be the one who stands behind the scenes and speaks when nobody else is speaking. 
You have to be the one who believes when nobody else will believe. You have to be the one who will stand when no one else will stand. Whether it's for your children, whether it's for your home, whether it's for your health, whether it's for your finances, whether it's for whatever it's for, you have to be the one to do that. We love you and we can pray for you and we can all get in agreement with somebody. Right? But it's you who sits there at home. It's you the one who is going to have to be the one who speaks the word. You've got to be the one who does that. But you've got to realize this is awesome because the Holy Spirit brings life. Now, this all works under the assumption that you're born again. Any ver- first-time visitors here? Sorry, I went on a little bit of a roll. Anybody here for the first time? Haven't been to Victor before? They probably left about 10 minutes ago. I don't think anybody took off, so I, we're good. I recognize everybody saved. Everybody got Jesus alive on the inside. That's important, you know, as we move along here. Uh, I don't even sometimes think. It's better not to think. Here, for, in John chapter 3, right, talking to Nicodemus, he said, you must not just be born of water. You might not just born naturally, but you also must be born of what? The Spirit. You must be born of the Spirit. See, when you, when you receive Jesus in your life, the Holy Spirit, see, begins to turn the light on, then, then, then all of a sudden now you are alive unto God. Now you have the opportunity at that moment, so you are alive, so now you have the opportunity at that moment to live forever with Jesus, to have eternal life, it says so. That you've, you've invited him into your heart. Your life is completely changed. It's the Holy Spirit, see, that creates all that new creature stuff. It's the Holy Spirit that does that thing about righteousness. It's that Holy, Holy Spirit that does that thing about being born again. We can't do that in our own selves. That's why, you know, Nicodemus didn't understand it. That's why he said, how can all this? I don't understand. The Holy Spirit is the creative power, see, that makes that work. It's not you and what you do. But the life, the life of God is breathed in. See, that life, that life-giving force is what? That's the Holy Spirit. It says that God made Adam, and then what did he do? He breathed life into his nostrils. And if you go and you look in John in chapter 20, it was the fact that, that it was Jesus, and he was speaking to the disciples, and this was right after, you know, uh, this, was, this was right after he'd arisen. But he said, uh, if you go and you read, it's John chapter 20, verse 22. And it said, and when he said this to them, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. It was the first salvation. It was the first opportunity to come to the Lord. He hadn't died before then, so you can't come to salvation without the blood of Christ. So now the blood of Christ has been shed, and now he breathes what? He breathes the Holy Spirit. He breathes life into who they are. And in in, in your world, he'll breathe that life into your situation, sure. He'll breathe that life into the things that you're doing, sure. But most importantly is he breathes that life into you. It's that creative life of God. The Spirit absolutely, it's the Holy Spirit that absolutely trans, transforms and renews your life. I know it says in Romans 12 that, you know, you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind of the Word. That's the process that happens after. But the, 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 the renewing of who you are as a human being and, and, and the, the transformation that happens at salvation is done by the Holy Spirit. Look in Titus, it says in chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 4 of Titus, it says, but, but when the kindness and the love of God our Savior towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy. And realize, I mean, this is all stuff we've heard before and talked about. But it goes on and it says, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That renewing is a word that suggests in my Bible it says, a renovation, a restoration, and a transformation, and a change of heart and life. Regeneration, if you look at that particular word, it means to recreate, to reconstitute, to make over, especially in a better form or condition, 
to renew or to restore. That's what the Holy Spirit, that's the creative force and the creative power of God, the Holy Spirit doing that in your life. That's what it just said, that it's, it's by the Holy Spirit, that the, the washing of the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit that brings that life into who you are. You are different and you are a better form of who you were because of the power of the Holy Spirit. So you're a better form of who you were. People say, I don't like who I am. Then get hooked up with God. Allow the Holy Spirit to make you a better form of who you were. I haven't changed a lot, maybe physically, you know. I mean, over the years, you know, things change. But, but boy, from the inside out, you are, you, your whole world changes. Everything about you begins to change. And he resides right on the inside of each one of us, 1 Corinthians six nineteen. for we're all the temple of what? The Holy Spirit. Don't do anything to defile. See, here's the deal. People can't figure out why they're conflicted as they continue to sin or, or, or why they can't seem to get a, a hold of their emotions in their life. But it's because they're at odds with the tenant. <laughs> I mean, they're at odds with the, you know, I mean, you, you, can't, you can't be living contrary to what the word of God says. You can't do that because now all of a sudden the, the thing on the inside of you is like freaked out because you're not doing the right things. And man, there's just like nothing but conflict. People go, oh, it's just, it's just uh, my whole world's like in turmoil and it's just always, yeah, because you, you, got, you got issues. If you're not in unity, how can you walk? I mean, if two people aren't in unity, how can you walk together? And if you're not going to be in unity with the Holy Spirit, he's on the inside of you. So then you are, you are in trouble at your core. I mean, you've got issues and problems on the inside at your core. I mean, we can dress you up and fix you and do all kinds of things, do your hair and makeup. But, man, they say, you're going to be a mess. We won't put any makeup on you, Brad. It'll be all right. We'll just fix We can't fix your hair either. But, sorry. I've been, I've been wailing on Brad the last couple of weeks. Sorry, sir. But see, that's why I believe, I believe that's why it says in Revelation, see, it's, it's, better to be, it's better to be hot or cold. It's better to be cold than lukewarm. I mean, go off and just be a big sinner if that's the case. Don't be lukewarm. Why? Because then not only are you ineffective for God, but you are jacking yourself up. Hey, we, all, you know, we all have issues in times, and I mean, that happens. But you can't be at odds with the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. I mean, you've got to be yielded to that thing. It's one of the whole things that we talk about in Determined Dying Directions. I mean, there's, there's five hard attributes, and we don't have time to go into them, of course. But I mean, you know, one of the first ones, you've got to be yielded. You've got to be turned over and say, man, it's all you. It's your will, not my will be done in this world and in my life. But if you'll do that, see, the creative force of God now is on your side. And there's life in these bones. Oh, I mean, there's just, there's just something different. See, that awakening thing that we sung about, that is an awakening. That is a coming to Jesus time right there. And realizing and understanding who you are. Because, see, it's the spirit of life that makes us free, Romans chapter 8. And you all, for the most part, are the saints, and you all have been in the church and been around for a long time. So this isn't anything probably new to you, but hopefully it's just an awakening of what really is the truth. It says in Romans chapter 8, it says, There is no, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I'm free because of the... the, the right here it says, Because of the law of the Spirit of life. Then it goes on now, and it begins to draw a contrast, and it begins to draw this, this parallel walk of the flesh and the, and the spirit. And if you can stay walking in the spirit, see, if you can stay in tune with that thing that's on the inside of you, if you can stay in unity with the word of God, his will for your life, and the Holy Spirit that's working on the inside of you and working through you, if you can stay hooked up with that, there's great things in this because it's all about life. But if you begin to get into the flesh, it begins to draw a line down the middle between flesh is death and, and spirit is life. 
And so it's important that you keep yourself, you've got to realize that there's a creative force on the inside of you. And if you want that creative force to work, then you've got to be able to <laughs> live the right way. Right. Not just receive it, not just have it in you, but now you've got you to walk that way. I mean, you can't play for the other team. You've you got, you got to be in your position and in your place, and you've got to be going. It says, for what the law could not do, and that it was weak through faith or through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin says he condemns sin in the flesh and the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit for those who walk or live according to the flesh set their mind on things of the flesh but those who live according to the spirit they set their mind on things of the what spirit i'm getting into position see my mind is beginning to get focused i've got the holy spirit alive on the inside of me and now i'm choosing to renew my mind to live by the spirit and not by the flesh and life begins to happen. The creative force of God comes into play. And now things in your life really begin to work, to change. It goes on, it says, For be carnally minded is death, but be spiritually minded is life and peace. Life and peace, life and peace, life, life, life. The spirit, spiritually minded brings life. The Holy Spirit brings life, brings life into who you are. It goes on and it says, So then who are in the flesh, cannot, those people cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells on the inside of you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is alive in, in life. The spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him, Christ, who raised Jesus, or God, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give what? Life. How does he give life? The creative force of the Holy Spirit. It's through and because of and paid for by the blood of Christ. Because of salvation at Calvary, because of, because of the crucifixion at Calvary and the rising again of Jesus Christ. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit that brings that life and manifests it on the inside of you. Jesus died on the cross. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding for you and for I. And interceding, he's, he's speaking and he's saying. And you see, it's the life force of God that's going into operation. Well, what is that force? The Holy Spirit. The executive arm of the Trinity, the executor of the things that are the word and the will of God in your life and in my life. And it says, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit, through his spirit who dwells in you. John 14, 31 says, you know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's true. That you have to understand and know the truth. And that the truth sets you free. But the power to set you free is with the Holy Spirit. You have to know the truth. What's that mean? That means you're, you understand, you believe, you meditate, you know it, you know what's going on. Now I'm, I'm walking, I'm, all of a sudden I'm, I'm back in line again. And now I'm in line, the whole, now the power of the Holy Spirit, not just operating in me, but flowing through me. See, this is an idea about the fact that it's a creative force and the life force of God, and it's on the inside of you, and it helps you, and it changes you, and it fixes you, so that he can renew, impart, and put things on the inside of you and empower you to what? Make a difference in the world in which you live. None of this is possible. You can't go out there and be all God created you to be without the power of the Holy Spirit operating on the inside of you because it's the power of the Holy Spirit that empowers you to do all those things. It gives you the wisdom. It gives you the knowledge. It gives you the, uh, the foresight. It gives you the backside. It gives you, it gives you all those things so that you can do and be and, 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 and live the way that God created you to live. And without it, we're, we're, we're lost. See, you're free, so live like it. Allow the Holy Spirit to create in and through you. And allow the Holy Spirit to bring life to you. Amen. Let's stand up today. God is good. I wanted to pray. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org 
or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.